Bros. He's Rich. I'm Matt. This is another episode of Sooner Nation Podcast, the online podcast for Heartland Sports. Heartland-sports.com is where you can find us on the web. It is a week like no other in the world of college football. It's OU Texas Week, Red River Rivalry Week. I'm still a big fan of the old Red River shootout, but hey, you got to be politically correct in today's world or you get shut down by the Politically correct, please. That's not the tangent I want to go on right now. Um, Oklahoma, Texas. And, and this is, I mean, this is the game. I, first first question, I mean, off script, okay? Off script, first question. This is the game that for years dictated who would represent the Big 12 South in the Big 12 championship game. Now that there's been the return of the Big 12 championship game, this basically means someone's going to have bragging rights for all of November, whatever's left of October, and then December 7th, these two teams are going to meet again, somewhere around there, time frame. Does, does the fact that Oklahoma and Texas are going to play again in December, most likely, does that, does that take away from the nostalgia and the just the overall level of amazingness that this game is? My my personal opinion initially is a no, and the reason why is because of the venue. The history of the venue, it being at the Texas State Fair, the neutral site aspect, yeah, you can take that away because the Big 12 Championship will also be played at a neutral site, but you've got to look historically, the fair food, the fans intermingled for a large portion of the day outside of the game, Leading up to it, the trash talking afterwards, one fan base evacuating the Texas State Fair. There's a lot more that goes into it than just what happens on the field for me that makes this rivalry what it is today. Yeah, I, I get that. I just, I just, to me, I, I'm with you. And and this is this you you hit it right on the head when you're talking about the nostalgia and the the venue. You know, these two teams play in the Cotton Bowl every year this time. There's the conversation of this, the potential of this game moving. And and look, I've been to the AT&T Stadium. I've been to the Jerry World as what it's dubbed. I was there just a couple of weeks ago for the Dallas Cowboys game against the Miami Dolphins. It is a it is a spectacular stadium. Okay, I mean it doesn't even compare to the Cotton Bowl. But you know what it doesn't have? It doesn't have the Texas State Fair around it. And I and I think that's the uniqueness of this venue. And and so I hate to hear talk about it changing because ultimately I think it will. I think it will. I, I don't think it's going to be in the Cotton Bowl forever. I think ultimately it will change, and that'll be a sad day for this event because it takes it from being a historically great rivalry to just a great rivalry. But that that'll be up to the powers that be, and that basically Oklahoma and Texas. I don't know how much the Big Twelve. If the Big Twelve gets involved in this, they're, they're surely going to screw it up. Somehow, some way. And let's let's talk about the Big 12 because I, I had – I sent you a note. Let's talk about the Big 12 embarrassments, okay? The Big 12, to me, is a better conference than what it gets credit for. Everybody wants to talk about the death of the Big 12 because there's only 10 teams. It's called the Big 12. They don't have the divisions of the Power Five. It's the smallest of the Power Five. But, I mean, the Big 12 is faring much better both in revenue and in performance than the Pac-12. I mean, the Big 12's had had a team in the last two years on a college football playoff. The Big 12 is is not on par with the SEC as far as revenue goes, but it's not that far behind the SEC. The Big 12 is on par with the ACC, is on par with the Big 10. By the way, speaking of the Big 10, it's been a while since they sent somebody to the playoffs. So everybody's talking about the Big 12 just because Texas A&M left, because Nebraska left, because Colorado left. Well, guess what? Colorado had Colorado had instant regret when they left. I think really, the, I mean, the, the SEC had instant regret at taking in Texas A&M. And I think really the only team that's missed from the Big 12 is Nebraska. I would take Nebraska back in a heartbeat. And I think if they were true, they would say would come back in a heartbeat. But everyone wants to talk about the death of the Big 12. I don't, I don't, th- I look for the Big 12 to expand when this next negotiation round happens. I, I look for the, where some people are prognosticating, that's the, that'll be the it. That'll be the end of the Big 12. I leave for the Big 12 to actually expand, but I digress in my conversation. The Big 12 has done things to embarrass itself. 
And when you think about the Big 12 embarrassments, you know, one of the things that automatically comes to mind is officiating. To me, the worst officials in, in all of college football, Pac-12. Pac-12 officiating is in a, a level all on its own when you talk about bad officiating. But the next closest to the Pac-12, oh, yeah, that would be the Big 12. The Big 12 officiating, Big 12 embarrasses itself every year with officiating. I mean, that's just, there's no way around it. And I'm, and I'm pretty active on Twitter when, I, and when, when the Big 12 does something stupid officiating-wise. I pretty much tag the Big 12 conference uh, in that tweet just so you'll know, hey, I, I'm out here. I know you're stupid. Um, but, you know, that's I like the Big 12 cares, you know. Um, the second thing is, um, the second thing is this, this thing with ESPN Plus, this agreement with ESPN Plus is just ridiculous. The Big 12 should be embarrassed by this, that you have to subscribe to an additional streaming service to get some of these games. And you know what? Where it's really going to pick up steam as far as people being upset is in, you know, right now, football season, two fan bases are upset once a week, right? When basketball season starts, you're going to have multiple fan bases upset multiple times a week because they can't get their team because it's on ESPN Plus. And by the way, ESPN Plus is not working. You know, the Oklahoma State game that was on ESPN Plus a couple weeks ago, you, you, you go back and you look, and they, people were upset because this additional service that they were paying a subscription fee for to watch their game wasn't working. So that's, that's a pretty big embarrassment. But the grandest of all embarrassments for the Big 12, the grandest of them all is what, Rich? Yeah, I know you're going to say No, go ahead. Down. Yeah, yeah, horns down. Absolutely. I'm in agreement with you. Go ahead. I know. I feel like you've got a rant. No, I don't really have a rant. My rant is, I mean, I have, I have thoughts and, I, and I've gone off on these thoughts before about, about the University of Texas. Well, and, and, and what it comes down to for the University of Texas is you can't get attention on the field. I mean, and people want to overlook this. The Texas, and I've said this, I've said this so many times, and they have the chance on Saturday to change this. But Texas has not been relevant in the national landscape of college football. When we're talking about national championships, Texas has not been relevant in that conversation in a decade, in 10 years. So you can't get the attention that you want on the field with your play. So what do you do? You, you, well, you, um, you, you move it to the horns down and people um, – People being disrespectful to you. and and But you know what? Here's the thing. Texas, the, the hypocrisy of Texas is just unmatched. Because are we going to we gonna really pretend and, 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 and are we going to act like Texas is going to be super classy on Saturday? Anybody remember, anybody remember Tom Herman making fun of the, of the uh, Missouri quarterback in the bowl game? Anybody remember Tom Herman storming out and into midfield in Stillwater last season, ready to fight Mike Gundy over his player being classless? I mean, Brecken Hager was the one who was the douche on that, right? On that play. Sorry, can I say that word on our podcast? <laughs> Brecken Hagar was the one who just pulled the total jerk move and gets thrown down for it. And then here comes Tom Herman ready to fight. Anybody remember the, the Texas place kicker, the, the, the holder? Given Oklahoma's defense the bird in the Big 12 championship game. But Texas is going to act like, well, we're so disrespected anytime someone does the horns down. And they sold it so much that the Big 12 jumps on board with it. This is not an Oklahoma-Texas thing. This isn't, I mean, West Virginia does it, TCU does it, Baylor does it, Oklahoma State does it. I mean, everybody does the horns down. It's, the, people want to make this between Oklahoma and Texas. Well, the reason why Oklahoma and Texas get involved in this is, is because that's the, that is the premier rivalry. Sorry, Oklahoma State fans. But that is the premier rivalry of the Big 12 Conference. You pick the sport, Oklahoma and Texas is the rivalry. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what sport it is. People are going to talk about when does Oklahoma and Texas play. So they, they automatically Oklahoma gets drawn into this conversation. But this is one against nine. The Big 12, in its incredible wisdom, that's sarcasm for incredibly stu incredible stupidity, the Big 12 has sided one against nine. And, and my, my question is this. If the horns down is a 15-yard penalty, why is the horns up not a 15-yard penalty? I mean, it, I mean it, do, when do they do the horn? When, when do they not want the horns down flashed? 
They, if you get an interception, don't do the horns down. If you get a sack, if you sack the quarterback, don't do the horns down. If you score a touchdown, don't do the horns down because that's disrespectful. But when does Texas do the horns up? When they get an interception, you're going to see the horns up. When they score a touchdown, you're going to see the horns up. When they sack the quarterback, you're going to see the horns up. It, it's all about, I mean, it is directed at Oklahoma. It's directed at Oklahoma State. It's directed at whoever they're playing. And the Big 12 has set aside nine schools. They've set aside a tradition in college football to pander to a team, to a university who in this sport has not been relevant for a decade. If you want to talk about the flagship program in the Big 12, it's not Texas. As much as a Tech Joe Texas fan wants to tell you, it's not. The flagship program of the Big 12 is Oklahoma. I, I mean, that's – I just – the stupidity of the Big 12 to really make this an issue. What the Big 12 office should have done – honestly, this isn't just in jest. What the Big 12 office should have done when Tom Herman and company protested about this – the Big 12 office should have said, hey, don't worry about it. You, you worry about your house. What, what the Texas Athletic Department should have done is said, hey, Tom, why don't you worry about getting a winning record against top 25 teams? Why, why, don't, you, why don't you worry about having better than a 1-2 and two record against Oklahoma? Why don't you worry about winning a Big 12 championship? Why don't you worry about, hey, not losing to Kansas, Texas? Why don't you worry about those things? Instead, we're worried about the horns down. And the Big 12 just jumps right on in there with them, and it's all stupid. Most embarrassing moment of the Big 12, hands down, going with the horns, uh, the Texas and the horns down situation. And, and what's, I feel like, a little bit more embarrassing is the willingness to double down on some of the confusion that has happened around this specific Hand gesture. I went ahead and I pulled up uh, the quotes there previously when people were seeking clarity to the ambiguity of when this would be enforced and when it wouldn't be enforced. And here's what we've got. If somebody scores quickly, this is a quote, turns to their cheering section and it's quick and they move on, we're not going to do anything about that. So to me, what that says is in this rivalry, Oklahoma, Texas, they meet in the Cotton Bowl. C.D. Lamb catches a touchdown pass. If he turns to the sea of red and flashes the horns down and moves on, it's okay. However, <laughs> that statement continues on. If it's to a bench or another player and it's prolonged, it would be an unsportsmanlike act. All I'm saying, what, what, what I'm getting out of this and all I'm saying about it is nobody really knows when it's going to be penalized. It's very subjective at this point. Is it outlawed? Is it banned? No. But to the same question, yes. I wish the Big 12 would come out, instead of making this rule, making a big deal, that they would actually clarify, instead of leading not only fan bases, but players, programs, coaches, officials, everyone, they would make it clear as day, black and white, have it written down if that's what we're going to choose to do. But I also agree now that if you, if you issue a decree and it applies to horns being down, that other, it, whether it's a hand gesture of another school like the guns of Texas Tech or of Oklahoma State, if those are used in derogatory ways, then I believe that should be penalized as well. It, it needs to be a blanket. It doesn't need to be catering to one school, catering specifically to the Texas Longhorns. And if we want to get more specific with it, Tom Herman. But sorry, my, my computer is making noise. Um, but here's the thing: is that the the uh, the guns ablazing that Texas Tech and Oklahoma State does? No one. I mean, they don't care. You know, what, you know what Texas Tech and Oklahoma State care about? Getting better and winning football games. I mean, the, he, this is what this comes down to. Texas had become so bad in football. They become so bad that this is what they're worried about. This, this, is, what, this is what comes out of the Tom Herman 
football offices. He's got a losing record against top 25 programs. He's got a losing record against Oklahoma. They're, they're, I mean, their Big 12 championship drought is 10 years long now. So this is what they're going to focus on. And when everyone else around him, and, and it, it, do, you, do you think this has done anything to get people to either respect the Big 12 more or to respect Texas more? This isn't going to earn Texas respect. They are going to have hate spewed upon them in the Cotton Bowl on Saturday. But you know what? They're used to it because last week they were in Morgantown, West Virginia, and guess what happened? Hate was spewed upon them. If you hated Texas, you hate them even more. I guarantee you there's not a fan base, a player, or an administrator at another school across the Big 12 that says, you know what? They're right. I feel sorry for Tom Herman. I feel sorry for the Texas Longhorns. We're just a bunch of uh, bullies with our hand gestures. We owe them apology. They're pretty good guys, and they're a really good football program. No one is saying that. But, yeah, we're going to pander to Texas because we're the Big 12, and everything we do doesn't make sense. All right, let's, let's move on. Um, <laughs> speaking of Texas and speaking of hands down, I, I've, I've, I've been in the Cotton Bowl. I, I've, I've had many Texas fans mad at me for the hand down, uh, hands down, horns down gestures. And, you know, I've actually had some gestures shot back at me that had nothing, had one finger involved in them. You, you've been to this game, right? Yeah, I've been on a couple of occasions at this point in time. What, what is, just pick out, because we're already behind the clock, pick out, what, what is one memory? You got one memory that just stands out? So can I, can I say it's not from a game that I was in attendance at? Yeah, I guess. Okay, perfect. Because I, I think, (laughs) I think the best in the history of this rivalry, the best incident comes from Mike Leach dropping. Yeah, I was at that game. That, that was the game 99 plan. game. Yeah, yeah, that that is the most genius plan. But it had it to, worked for a quarter. It had to be twofold. Mm-hmm. And the fact that you not only had to plot for this to happen and execute at an extremely high level, but you also had to get the opposing sideline to believe yeah, that you it had was to a sell legitimate it sure, right. game plan. And so that's one of I think one of the greatest memories. From that game that I can think of off the top of my head. Yeah, I was. I mean, you know, I was at that game, and here that kind of bleeds into my memory because I think my first, <laughs> for sure, my first three OU Texas games, Sooners lost. In fact, it was four because it, it, I think my first in-person game was the was the John Blake year, first first year of John Blake. No, I lied because they won one year of John Blake. So I was not the year. I was not there the year they won with John Blake. My first three, for sure my first three, was was a loss. 99 was my final loss of that chain. I was there in 2000 when OU won, you know, of course, when we won the national championship. That was the first time I'd been in that stadium and OU won, and it was incredible. And then we were there, you know, I, I, my, my, wife, uh, my wife is a – you think I'm a big OU football fan. You should meet my wife. I mean, she's a bigger fan – uh, she turns into a different person when she watches it, and she turns into absolutely a different person when she's at the game itself. And so, one of my favorite memories it was, it was um, I don't know, it was 2004, 2000, 2003. OU won really, really big over Texas, and we're walking out of the cotton. And, and our rule has always been this: OU wins, we walk the state, we walk the fairgrounds for a little bit. We walk around, you know, we get a corn dog, we hang out. If they win, if OU loses, we go straight to the car and we drive until we cross the Red River and we stop somewhere in Ardmore for gas and food. I'm not spending another dime in the state of Texas if Oklahoma loses. That's just me. I'm a sore loser, right? But OU won, and we're walking. I mean, we're we're walking through the uh, that little grassy knoll area outside the Cotton Bowl over towards be the careful. midway. Grassy and, knoll. Yeah, exactly. Well, if, you, if in, this, in that situation, you want to be the guy. On the grassy knoll, not in the guy in the convertible. But anyway, um, but anyway, um, we're walking through this area, and this guy, this giant OU, te- OU, this giant Texas fan, he's got this shirt on that says "Oh who, oh who." Now I'm not a big guy, Rich. I'm, I'm five nine, one seventy. Okay, I'm an average sized male. This guy's every bit of six four six five and he's pushing the weight behind it 
He's got this giant shirt on, giant man with the giant shirt that says, oh, who? My sweet little wife walks up to this dude face to chest, I guess, because she can't get face to face with him. And she says, well, I guess you know who now, don't you? And I'm just looking at her going, what are you doing? What is wrong with you? Because you know what that guy did? He didn't say a thing to my wife. He turned to me. He wanted to trash talk to me. And my wife is just going off on this dude. I'm like, shut up. Of course, I didn't tell her to shut up, but I'm thinking it because I feel like that's a disrespectful thing to say to a woman. But I'm in my mind, I'm going, woman, shut up. And I, I almost died that day at the state fair. And that's my that's one of my top memories. He's Rich. I'm Matt. You listen to Sooner Nation Podcast, the online podcast for Heartland Sports. All right, Oklahoma, Texas, this Saturday in the Cotton Bowl, 11 a.m. kickoff. If you and I said this on our um, Saturday on our uh, post game podcast for the Kansas game. If you have never been to this game, if you're an Oklahoma football fan, if you are a college football fan, and you've never been, you need to go. This needs to be on your bucket list. And Vivid Seats can make it happen. Vivid Seats has tickets. They have tickets available for this game. You can get on there and you can purchase those tickets. But we can even do you one better. If you use the promo code OVERTIME, O-V-E-R-T-I-M-E, OVERTIME, if you use the promo code OVERTIME, you'll get a discount on those Oklahoma, Texas tickets. Go to VividSeats.com, promo code OVERTIME. Okay, so Rich, Texas clearly is not taking the don't say anything that would be bulletin board type material approach to this game. The Longhorns talking all kinds of trash, calling out Neville Gallimore, calling out Ronnie Perkins, saying, hey, Jalen Hurts, if you're running, you better slide. I've got two schools of thought, okay? Because I think this is strategical. I really do. Because this means that this is either strategical in nature, trying to get underneath Oklahoma's skin and draw a penalty from the Sooners, or Tom Herman just has no control over his players and what they say. It's got to be one of those two Matt, things. I'm not on either of those sides of the fence. So what do you think I, it is? I think it's it's just talk. You've got to understand, Texas ended the season with a high note, in their opinion, when they beat Georgia. And all of a sudden, the trash talking started then. And it started with the unquestionable leader of this team who who sets the tone. Now, Sam Ellinger, a very tenacious player, a guy who's shown a lot of growth in his time as a starting quarterback at Texas, but it started with this statement, Texas is back. All of a sudden, expectations were heaped upon the Texas Longhorns, and they have to live up to those. That, I believe, is you have a little trash talk, but you've actually got to back it up with the play. Now we're into the heat of the rivalry. We're into the meat of the schedule. Texas has that loss to LSU, and they're trying to hype themselves up, in my opinion, not that you need to for a rivalry game on the sacred ground that is the Cotton Bowl, and thinking of all the great players who have played in that venue before you in this rivalry and worn the jersey that you've worn before you to carry on that tradition, I think should be motivation enough. However, like I said, I believe they're attempting to psych out the Oklahoma Sooners. See, to me, that's even that's 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 even that's weak. I mean, it's just it, and it oh, can I be. mean, you think Neville Gallimore suddenly said, "Oh my gosh, no, he I, doesn't think I'm a good player." I don't I, think he so, must but, be that much let, better than me. Let, you think Jalen Hurts is thinking, "Oh yeah, this guy, you know, who's by the way, he's smaller than Jalen Hurts," saying that Jalen Hurts needs to slide. Let, let's talk about one thing real, real quick, okay? Because I get where you're coming from, and and I am in agreement with you on those statements. But here's what what I know. The potential for this, I know that it exists. And it's when players start to play on an edge. You want them playing on the edge, but you don't want them going over the edge. Utilizing something like this, if it is a strategy, tends to push people closer to the edge than maybe what they've played at throughout the the beginning of the season, the middle, and potentially the rest of the season. So what happens when one of these guys gets a stupid penalty and is now removed from the game because they were out to prove something based upon a statement. Well, that's what I'm saying. This is this strategical in nature, trying to draw the Oklahoma's I, Oklahoma's one of the most penalized teams in college football. If you're gonna if you're gonna look at this team and you're gonna say, what is the big weakness? Well the big weakness is penalties. And particularly along the offensive line. But let me tell you, if BJ Foster really thinks 
if, if, if what he said is legitimate, well, Jalen Hurts better slide if he comes my way. <laughs> I'm, I'm, that, that's laughable. I'm no, because, laughing. because what I'm saying is the minute that Jalen Hurts is running at B.J. Foster, B.J. Foster, he, if this is really what he thinks, then what's going to go through his mind is, holy crap, Jalen Hurts is a lot bigger than I thought he was. I mean, that's, I mean it's, it's not Kyler Murray running at you. This is a truck running at you. Uh, yeah, you want him to slide because you don't want to be embarrassed on national television because you got ran over by a quarterback. But I promise you, I promise you, if Jalen Hurts has a chance to go at B.J. Foster, you're going to see his shoulder lowered. Unless, wow. unless Lincoln Riley has specifically gone to him and said, look, man, I know what they said, and it sucks. But anytime you get loose, you're sliding. You are not taking a hit in this game. And if Lincoln Riley has said that, then you know Jalen's going to slide. And, but I think this is all what, – what has Texas been doing for over a year now? They've been crying about the down horn. Don't do the down horn. They have been crying against the Big 12 office. They have been just wailing about this. What they want is for Oklahoma to make a play and to talk some trash, to do a down horns and draw a penalty. This is all designed to get underneath Oklahoma's skin. Because there is no mental advantage Texas can have over Oklahoma right now in this moment. And the reason why is because there's no physical advantage that Texas has over Oklahoma right now. But here's this is this is why I'm having a hard time agreeing with you is to say that it was strategical and to say that it is for the reasons that you've mentioned would mean that Texas would actually have to have the knowledge to plan that out beforehand. And I'm I'm not willing to give them that credit. At this point in time. You don't think Texas knows Oklahoma's one of the most penalized teams in the country? Not the Big 12, in the country. You don't think Texas knows that? I mean, Tom you, Herman's over here is telling me he's he's very, very rarely watched them. You, you, don't think, you don't think Texas knows that the entire <laughs> Big 12 is upset with them about the, the down horns? They know this. This is this is it's gamemanship. Okay, Oklahoma's offense versus Texas. Mm -hmm. Because let's talk about Jalen Hurts versus B.J. Foster. I, I think... This this game hinges on Jalen Hurts. If you're Texas, you want Jalen Hurts rattled. You want him on his back. You want him throwing off of his back foot. You want him rushing through and not making through his progressions. And you want to do that with your base personnel. What I mean by that is you don't want to have to bring someone in on a blitz because they literally cannot afford to do this. There are only four teams worse than Texas in pass defense in the United States. Did you know that? And there are none worse than them in the Big 12. No, no, none worse in the Big 12. But there's only four teams worse than them nationally. So you can't – I mean, you're, you're going up against not just the best receiving core in the Big 12. You're going against one of the best receiving cores in the nation with one of the worst defensive secondaries in the nation. There's no one that you can afford to send – you cannot send a safety on a blitz. Because if you send a safety on a blitz, you have opened the door for an 85-yard touchdown pass. You're not catching Charleston Rambo. You're not catching C.D. Lamb with these guys. I mean, this isn't even their starting defensive secondary. And they're out there talking trash. If, you, if you're Texas, you want Jalen Hurts on his back. If you're Oklahoma, you want Jalen Hurts upright. What, what I think this means for me is I, I think maybe you see the tight ends you, you you see the tight ends brought in a little bit to help you know on a defensive end I think you see some misdirection what I mean by that is you have two uh, running backs in the backfield and you do counter plays with them I think you see a lot of motion you know we see them do all we talked about the motion plays last week you know we we see them do all these things with motion even if it's just a dummy I think you're gonna see the motion with the swing pass I, you're gonna see a lot of motion and I think you're gonna see rolling the pocket all of that in an effort to buy Jalen Hurts time because Oklahoma's, if you go by what Lincoln Riley says, Oklahoma's not going to have their starting five on this offensive line. And as much as I don't like Texas, the truth is this is the best defensive front Oklahoma's faced this season. They're good up front. They're terrible in the back end, but they're pretty dang good up front. I will tell you this. I, what I've heard is that Ely is expected to play, and that was upgraded, but I haven't heard anything – about Swenson on this offensive line. Matt, I, I'm striking a chord with you on what you're saying should be the focal point of this game. But if I'm looking at Texas, I think they need to bring every single blitz package that they can. I think that they need to go 
at this no, offensive line. I, I, and I'm not I talking, welcome that. I'm not talking about Jalen Hurts. I, I'm looking at the offensive line because I believe that what Texas needs to do in order to be successful is rattle the offensive line. You've already talked about the fact that it's not going to be the starting five. You've talked about all of the penalties that this Oklahoma offensive line, more specifically the left side mm -hmm. of that offensive line, has racked up. So I'm not saying for the entire game that Texas, it should be their game plan to just all-out blitz Oklahoma. But I think they need to maybe drop some defensive ends and bring linebackers just disguise their their blitz packages to keep this offensive line guessing. But I only think they need to do it for the first two offensive drives that Oklahoma has. No, you have to be consistent. If you're going to do it, you have to be consistent. In it. <laughs> that And that's fine. That's your opinion. I mean, no, to, well, I'm just saying <laughs> the, the strategic advantage, if you do that, if you rattle the offensive mm -hmm. line and then you let up, then you you've lost your edge. No, you know what I'm I, saying no, no, it's I'm like saying, the, you know, you, why do does it. a boxer jab? A boxer jabs because he's loading up. If if I'm fighting you in a ring, I'm jabbing with because I'm right-handed. I'm jabbing you with left, but you know what's coming with the right. If I never throw the right, you know what I'm saying. If I only mm -hmm. throw the right for the first two rounds, three, four, and five go, and I don't throw the right, you're thinking I'm hurt. You're thinking there's something, I'm, and you're going to try to take advantage of that. Well, it is the same concept. If you do something to rattle an opponent, you keep doing it. You don't yeah, let up. No, no, no. I don't disagree with that statement, but I'm saying don't. If 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 Texas is going to do this to rattle this Oklahoma offensive line in the first two series, I think they need to blitz seventy five percent of the time. Oh my! It gosh. doesn't need to be every single Matt is is the potential for catastrophe there. Absolutely, if, I'm not I'm just saying gonna that say it right is. now. I'm going to say right now, if Texas blitz, if they do a seventy five percent blitz, uh -huh. this game's going to be sixty five to twelve. <laughs> Okay. I'm just saying, and not for the whole game. First two drives, seventy-five percent. They're going to be fourteen nothing after the first, first. two drives. Okay. Well, with this Oklahoma's defense, yeah, maybe fourteen. This, this is 14, all right? I'm saying, and and for every risk, there is a consequence. So you do have to calculate that. But I feel as though Texas should pin the ears back. First two drives and blitz Oklahoma in a hope to rattle. I don't think you're going to rattle Jalen Hurts. It's in an attempt to rattle. This offensive line. That's where I'm coming well, from. Well, and that is a fair point about the offensive line because if you're if you're looking at Oklahoma and you're trying to pinpoint the weakness, it is that offensive line. And if you're on the fan side of Oklahoma and you're trying to pinpoint what you're concerned about, you're concerned about the offensive line. So that is a fair point. But again, there will be because I mean Lincoln Riley's smart enough. I mean, what what is Lincoln Riley's? What makes him the genius? What makes him the genius is he can look at the defense and he knows where the one-on-one -on -one matchup is. He knows where he can beat you. And with this Texas secondary, if you bring the blitz, you even said bring the house. That means you're bringing five, you're bringing your, your, your you know, three or four man front and then your two or three linebackers. You're, you know, you're bringing those guys up. Man, it's a slant city right there with Charleston Rambo or CD Lamb. You you just can't do that if you're Todd Orlando. You get if if they do that, Todd Orlando is the Mike Stoops of last year. He doesn't survive this game. Well, can can I just throw one more kind of kink in of your argument here? Yeah. Because it's not uncommon. We just mentioned the favorite memory from OU Texas series that that we have been alive for. And we talked about a scripted set of plays. Mm -hmm. I believe this is why I said the first two series is I you don't think there's going to be scripted no. plays at I, all? I don't think I don't think Lincoln Riley not even ten. No, 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 definitely not ten. Lincoln Riley probably knows what the first play is he wants to okay. run. But what I'm what I'm saying is okay. I, I think well, Lincoln, I think Lincoln Riley tells Jalen Hurts we have three options for mm -hmm. our first play. Here's based on how they line up. Here's three right. options. And and my argument is heavily weighted by a scripted play because I I believe that there would be one. Every, if there's but, not, there's what not, saying, and you can just throw out everything I've said. You but, can throw it out the window. What I'm saying is every play has a safety valve. Every play. Because he knows what his line is. And if you blitz up the middle and then you get stuck on the misdirection, then Jalen Hurts is off by himself with two or three seconds to throw to C.D. Lamb 30 yards downfield. If, if, you, if you buy it on the play fake – on you're bringing the house. I mean, I'm just saying there is a safety valve. Lincoln Riley has said, all right, here's the play. The safety is Jeremiah Hall. The safety is Grant Calcaterra. The safety is Trey Sermon. Do you know, you realize one thing that happened last week that we didn't even talk about 
was how much they used Trey Sermon in the passing game. Mm-hmm. Why was that? Well, we talked about the interception that happened there. Well, well, right, but yeah, we did talk about that. But the reason why they used that is because if you're a blitzing linebacker and Trey Sermon's going upfield, what are you doing? Because linebacker running back out of the backfield is linebacker coverage. Right. You know what I'm saying? So there, there's a reason why. I don't think Texas – I really don't think Texas can afford to blitz heavily in this game. I, I think they want to pressure Jalen Hurts by just taking advantage of Oklahoma's offensive line. And if they cannot do that, if they have to blitz, that's not good for them. But if, if they can get pressure on Jalen Hurts with base personnel, that's it's going to make – it's not going to be good on Oklahoma. If they can do that. So uh, I, I think also Oklahoma needs to run the ball. I mean, I just, and, and I feel like, you know me, I'm a Ramondre Stevenson. Okay? You know this. I, I'm a huge Ramondre Stevenson fan. He's one of the most physical running backs that Oklahoma has. You want to pound this defensive front. You just want to pound them. You want to punish them. To me, this sets up like a Trey Sermon, Ramondre Stevenson type of game where you just constantly pound them. Pound them for three yards. Pound them for four yards. And then you slide Kennedy Brooks in there in a two-back set, and you fake the Ramondre, or you know, you do the lead, you do, and all of a sudden there's Kennedy Brooks upfield for 15, 20 yards. I think that's how this game sets up. Where it, I, I'm just guessing. I have no inside knowledge, but I think we we saw last week we saw more Ramondre Stevenson in non-garbage time minutes because of the Kennedy Brooks injury. I think maybe in this game you see him come in to spell Trey Sermon on being physical, just trying to pound at this defensive front. Because, I mean, think about how many times he trucked people just last week in the Kansas game, and then overall what we've seen, um, Oklahoma has to run the ball. And, and part of that's going to be Jalen Hurts running the ball. Okay, he's coming at you, B.J. Foster. Part of that's going to be Jalen Hurts running the ball. But a lot of that has to be Oklahoma punishing this front seven with physical running backs. And then the counter move, you know, the, the knockout, the uppercut, so to speak, when we're going back to the boxing ring. Is Kennedy Brooks going up the field 25, 30 yards suddenly uh, because you're you're so caught on these guys pounding you? Um, any other thoughts? No, on- I, I do agree with you because of history is on running the ball. The team historically that has run the ball in this game and been successful at that has often, more often than not, walked out of that stadium with a win and national championship aspirations still in I don't believe that the running game will be the most vital part when it comes to a single individual player in this game. I definitely think, and you started with this, I'm just backing up that statement. I believe the play of Jalen Hurts will dictate this game for Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Well, I agree. And, you know, and, and Jalen had said, you know, hey, I, I played in the Iron Bowl. I played in the college football playoff. I played in the national championship. You know, I'm okay. And, of course, obviously Texas, who takes – offense at everything because they're culturally weak mental midgets um they took offense to that uh because because Jalen Hurst didn't say oh this is a big game I'm a little bit nervous about it Jalen Hurst is cool calm and collective and they were like well we've played LSU okay so we know we're we're not we're not worried about this game because we've played LSU well guess what Jalen Hurst beat LSU okay he's not just played him he beat him all right so I just I, I agree. I, I, I don't think you're – I think maybe the moment – I think – I really do think Jalen Hurts is going to go into the Cotton Bowl and take the field and go, holy crap, this is cool. I've never seen this before. It's a I, very unique environment for right. sure. And I think he's going to have that moment, but will it affect his play? Is is the atmosphere going to no. rattle him? No. Is the longhorn on the helmet of the guy across from him going to rattle him? No, it's not. I'm sorry, Texas – it's not. Spencer Rattler, probably right. You can probably say that next year with Spencer Rattler. But not with what – and we there's and we've said this so many times. There's not been a quarterback in the history of college football with the pedigree of Jalen Hurts transfer. This guy – I mean, this guy, is, he's practically a professional, okay? I'm serious. He's a professional college player. Yes. I mean, think about – Think about how he, I mean, think, think about it. think about how he acts and how everyone else acts. Think right. about how the culture has changed since he arrived. You haven't heard Oklahoma trash talk. I mean, I, it's all about business. Now you've heard them respond. Well, yeah, the respondents catch me about, catch me in Dallas at eleven right, o'clock Saturday right. morning. Now, and it's it's all business, right? That's and, what and I'm saying. The one and thing, that's the Jalen Hurts factor. The, exactly. The one thing we've talked about with Jalen Hurts has been 
this drive and this focus. Those have been the defining characteristics of Jalen Hurts. And I've even heard people go as far as saying this is what Oklahoma has been missing in the I, past. I agree. The Baker Mayfields are great players. The Kyler Murrays, they're great players. But they've never brought this business mindset. That's what you hear when it can – anyone who's talking about Jalen Hurts, that's what you hear coming out of the locker room about him. And like I said, just – this drive to consistently get better. And Sam Ellinger is always the bridesmaid, never the bride. You know, he wasn't bigger than Baker Mayfield. He, he, he thought he was last year. He wasn't bigger than Kyler Murray. And he's not bigger than Jalen Hurts. And, and that's what you bring into this game. Where Kyler Murray and Baker Mayfield, they'll talk trash with you. And then they're going to go out and play you. You know, this mentality with Oklahoma was, okay, you guys, you guys bring the drama. And we'll bring the wood. I mean, that's... That's just what it comes down to when we talk about this team and the mindset and the mentality that Oklahoma has going into this game. All right, offensive player of the game for you is going to be who? It, it's undoubtedly Jalen Hurts. Like I said, I believe the play, the success on the field is dictated by the play of the quarterback, specifically Jalen Hurts in this one. And it's also because of how much responsibility he's taken upon himself in this offensive game plan. It's hard to say that anyone else on this roster will have a bigger impact than Jalen Hurts himself. I, I'm going to go – I'm gonna just going to go with CeeDee Lamb. I, I agree 100% what you said about Jalen Hurts, but I think this is a game where CeeDee Lamb has the potential of just going off. I mean, this is a CeeDee Lamb – I mean, it's, it's the big-time environment. He's the leader of this receiving core. He's the most physical athlete at the receiver position that Texas has seen this year. They're hurting physically, literally hurting right. in the secondary. That's a good point. This is a good game for CeeDee Lamb. He's Rich. I'm Matt, Sooner Nation Podcast, previewing Oklahoma and Texas, 11 o'clock kickoff Saturday morning at the Cotton Bowl. Okay, Oklahoma fans, this is it. Saturday's big matchup speaks for itself. Of course, on the field isn't the only action for this game. My bookie takes it all to the next level. Not only uh, your point spread and total, but also my bookie offers in-game wagering. So track the action and the movement as the game takes place. Game props, playoff odds, national championship odds are all available there as well. Oh, and don't forget, you got the Heisman Trophy odds. Jalen Hurts at the front of that. Last time I checked, Oklahoma, my bookie has Oklahoma favored as a 10-point favorite. And the over-under 75.5, definitely, I'm saying, play the over on that, on that. And that really just scratches the surface. We've teamed up with MyBookie this October to give you this great offer. Sign up at MyBookie.ag and use the promo code OVERTIME and they will match your first deposit. Again, that is promo code OVERTIME. I don't need to spell that for you. You got this. I believe in you. New users get their first deposit doubled. MyBookie.ag. You play, you win, you get paid. Oklahoma's defense versus the Texas offense. Um, I, I Look, I, there, there's improvement with this Oklahoma defense. They are better than what they were last year. I mean, better against Kansas. We saw Puka Williams. I think Kansas is better at the quarterback position than they were last year. And, and, you know, Puka had we, – we talked about it. Puka had his day, but we saw Oklahoma make adjustments. This is a better defense than last year. But I'm looking at the, I'm looking at the scope of competition here, Rich, and I'm, I'm wondering where the actual test was. We thought Derrick King would be the test. We knew South Dakota wasn't going to be a test. We thought Alan Bowman was going to be a test. He didn't play. Kansas, I mean, we had the Puka Williams factor. This is the test. To me, the jury is out until Saturday. I will tell you how I feel about this defense after Saturday. Because Texas is bringing a physical brand of football that Oklahoma hasn't seen this year. And it's, I mean, look, we don't like Sam Ellinger. We don't. But you got to give the man credit. He's, he's a better passing quarterback than he has been the first two years. He has a losing record along with Tom Herman, to Oklahoma. This game is personal to him. This is a big, big test for Oklahoma's defense. What are your thoughts on how Oklahoma's defense attacks this Texas offense? <laughs> that, that's a, a very good question at this point in time. And when I'm looking at defensively what Oklahoma's bringing to the table, 
knowing that there are some mistakes from last year that we've seen creep up into this year. I, I do believe Oklahoma's going to have to tackle in the open field. Make no qualms about it. It's something that is going to have to happen in this game. You've talked about the physicality, but I think Oklahoma, excuse me, Texas gets Colin Johnson back. Oklahoma as a, a defensive secondary will have to make tackles in the open field. But more importantly, the thing that concerns me the most here is I think if you're Oklahoma, you try to make Texas run the ball. It's not a big secret it's not a mystery, but Texas has no official running back available on the roster. Now, they've pulled players from other positions. Some have even volunteered in that case to be an asset in this running game. But Texas running the ball has not been as successful as they have when I first started attending the OU Texas games. That was Cedric Benson days, if you remember him. Needless to say, I, I think if you're Oklahoma, you try to force them to run the ball, but of course you want them to run things inside, not to the edge. And we've talked about some of the struggles that Oklahoma has had in protecting that edge. But the the one the, the biggest concern that I'm looking at here when it comes to Oklahoma and Texas is it's extremely difficult to account for a mobile quarterback. Sam Ellinger, I think this year, has shown poise. He has shown the know-how when the pocket begins to collapse. Or if all the motion's moving to one field, he knows that there's potentially an escape route on the opposite end of the field. And Sam Ellinger has made teams pay for that. I watched the Oklahoma State-Texas game, Oklahoma State in that one, basically until the very end. But they were hurt because of the ability to run the ball that Sam Ellinger brings to the field. He's a dynamic playmaker, um, as much as I don't want to admit that because of some of the mistakes we've seen from him in the past. But I've already mentioned the growth. The dual threat ability is what scares me the most. And I'm not 100% certain that you can take everything away from a team like Texas and make them one-dimensional. No, I, I agree with about uh, trying to take everything away. But, I mean, everything right now for Texas is Sam Ellinger. I mean, uh, he, he if, you're, if you're Texas – you're building your offensive game plan around Sam Ellinger. And if you're Oklahoma, you're building your defensive game plan around Sam Ellinger because Sam Ellinger is the Texas offense. I mean, and, and you know, put that in perspective, Todd Orlando, the Texas defensive coordinator, has got to worry about Jalen Hurts. He's got to worry about Trey Sermon. He's got to worry about Kenny Brooks. He's got to worry about CeeDee Lamb. He's got to worry about Grant Calcaterra. You know, there's all those other weapons out there. Ellinger doesn't have that at his disposal. I think what Oklahoma wants to do here. I, I do disagree with you a little bit on, on you know, not getting them to the edge. I think particularly in Sam Ellinger's case, you want him to go to the edge. And the reason why is because he's so big, if you don't clog the middle, if you just let him have the middle, he's just going to fall down and get three yards just because he's so big and so powerful. This comes down to the guys that were called out, you know, Neville Gallimore. They, they have to... They, they've got to plug the middle. The linebackers have to fill those gaps and take away the middle as an option. And if you're going to, if, if Ellinger's back to pass and he's going to flush, he is not the fastest of guys out there. Now, he, he's, he's fairly mobile, but Oklahoma's defense should be faster than Sam Ellinger. You have a better chance at bringing him for, down for short yardage gain or you know tackle for loss if you get him going to the sidelines as opposed to just allowing him to go up the middle. So I, 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 I do think if you're talking about running backs, yeah, contain that edge, set that edge against a running back. But when you're talking about Sam Ellinger on the running plays, which will be about 50-50, I mean, Sam Ellinger is going to run about the same amount of times as, as Roshan Johnson or whoever they, they put back there at the running back position. Sam Ellinger is going to get about the same amount of carries. You want him to get to that edge because, it, I mean, again, just especially on, on short yardage situation, you want him at that edge because you want to string that play out. You don't want him to go forward because going forward, again, just because he's so big, it's going to be like a, you know, a three-yard game anytime he tries to go forward. So that that's the one area I disagree. But I think for Oklahoma, again, we, we've talked about the, the secondary. We've talked about – how they've been improved because of what Oklahoma has been able to do with this front seven, the front end of their defense. But this is a secondary that has a history 
of getting torched. You know, it's just, it's just, it's just there. You can't erase it. Five wins don't make it go away. This is the test. I think you've got to get physical with Texas receivers. Definitely have to defend them differently than what they have in the past. Definitely have to defend them differently. But up front, you're pressuring Sam Ellinger. You're making him, you know, take away a third read, make him go read one or read two. You definitely don't want to give him time. And I don't know. I, I mean, I get, I think it's the same game plan. You don't want to blitz at first. You want to try with your base personnel to get through there. They're going to call out Neville Gilmore. They're going to call out Ronnie Perkins. Let Neville Gilmore and Ronnie Perkins see what they can do. Base personnel. If, if that doesn't work against what is a pretty solid offensive line for Texas, then you start looking at blitzing. These different packages. And, you know, in Pat Fields, we saw him blitz against Kansas. We saw him have a pretty good game against Kansas. Those guys can be dangerous in blitz packages. Um, but I, we saw that in the Big 12 championship game last yeah, year. Yeah, I mean, coming off the corner. I, that, mm-hmm. that was a cornerback blitz. And so, um, and, and I think also, that's a good point to bring that up. I think some of that also is still in Ellinger's mind. You know, that I'm serious. Sam Ellinger is the kind of guy. You mean he's like a, a Nick Bosa? It, it, I was exactly going to bring that up. That just <laughs> stew. I mean, and, and look, Baker got owned by the San Francisco 49ers, but more than Baker got owned the other night. Baker's offensive line got owned, all right? But Bosa had been chewing on that loss for two years now. So that's a good point. I mean, two years is a long time to, to focus on a loss. December December was a long time ago, about 10 months ago. But I promise you those things are still in Sam Ellinger's head. He doesn't let that stuff go. Remember, this is a guy, always the bridesmaid, never the bride. He wants to be the best quarterback in the Big 12. And every time... He thinks he is. Oklahoma has a quarterback that's better. And this year's no different. So he's going to, I, I think he's going to press a little bit. So you got to get to him. You got to rattle him. You've got to get physical with this guy because he is probably the most physically imposing quarterback Oklahoma's going to face this season. Yeah, absolutely. The one thing um, I'm looking at, specifically when it comes to Alex Grinch, I know that he has continuously preached the two turnovers. I wanted to ask you the question, where do you think in this game more potential turnovers lie? Is it when Sam Ellinger throws the ball or is it when this Texas crew of running backs, if you will, attempts to run the ball? Well, anytime you have inexperience running the ball, and I, and I don't know the the status of Keontae Ingram, okay? that That's a big factor in this because he got hurt against West Virginia. I don't know what his uh, – what his status is, but anytime you have inexperienced guys running the ball, you have a higher risk of a turnover. That, that's why you think about a guy like Ramondre Stevenson for Oklahoma. You know, I, I, you know, let him pound that Texas defense. But is there the risk of turning the ball over? You know what I'm saying? So you you got that going for you. I I think the best chance of Oklahoma turning the ball or of Oklahoma getting those turnovers is when Ellinger throws, particularly if you can pressure him and force him into a bad throw. Yeah, I think Oklahoma, we're talking about the defense here, has to win the turnover margin as well in order to be successful. Last year, what we saw were three turnovers from Oklahoma. Still a close game, late game heroics there, but Oklahoma simply wasn't able to overcome that hurdle that was those three turnovers, two by way of fumble, one by way of interception. That's a lot of turnovers in a game, let's be honest. So when I'm looking at defensively what Oklahoma needs to do, and I guess this goes offensively, offensively protect the ball, but defensively is when that ball hits the ground, find a way to come up with it. No, absolutely, yeah, 100%, 100% on on that. Uh, you got you to gotta get the turnovers, and you got to not turn it over. Um, you know, you mentioned the three turnovers last last season. You turn it over three times, you lose by three. Austin Kendall last week in Morgantown, four interceptions, you lose by 11. You can hang with Texas if you're average. West Virginia is average. You can hang with Texas if you don't turn the ball over. I, I tend to think Oklahoma's better than average. You know, that's just mm-hmm. me. But I, I tend to think they're better than average. Um, but turning the ball over, definitely, the last thing you want to do is give – Sam Ellinger more possessions. Flip side of that, last thing, last thing Tom Herman wants to do is give Jalen Hurts more possessions. Right. That's what Alex Grinch wants. That's what this Oklahoma defense wants. 
And you got to go out there and you got to get it. You, you got to capitalize on those opportunities. And one thing to note is that every game Oklahoma has had, particularly in this secondary, they've had the opportunity for an interception. They've had it. And they've not capitalized on it. Every game, there's been one opportunity that they've not capitalized. Those opportunities have to be taken advantage of. Okay, well then let's talk about uh, the Big 12 slate, and then we're going to uh, give our score predictions for Oklahoma-Texas. A limited slate of action this weekend for the Big 12. Only three games, six teams uh, playing. Uh, Oklahoma with the early game, and then Texas Tech, Baylor, Iowa State, out West Virginia uh, for the late games. Let's uh, let's start with the, with the, with the revitalized Red Raiders going to Waco to play the 22nd ranked Baylor Bears. Is that weird to hear? 22nd ranked <laughs> Baylor Bears? Yeah, kind of is. Baylor a 10 and a half point favorite. What do you think is going on here? Texas Tech just blew Oklahoma State off the field last week. I still have some questions about the Baylor defense, but, man, their offense is humming. Right. Here's the truth is a lot of people are being misled because there are only X amount of unbeaten teams left in the country, and it just so happens that Baylor is one of those. But to put that in perspective, Wake Forest is also an undefeated team. Needless to say, I'm looking at Baylor, and I'm saying that they are much improved. As the course of the season runs, though, do I expect them to be undefeated? No, I I think they win this game, but I don't think they cover the spread. And I'm giving them the edge because they're at home. I, I think they win and they cover the spread. I've got them by about 15. Um, so okay. I'm just saying, I just okay. Um, and I think it's just going to infuriate Oklahoma State fans afterwards. All right, the other game is Iowa State, West Virginia. Uh, the the uh, Cyclones traveling. To Morgantown, I, Iowa State on the road, 10-point favorite at West Virginia. That tells you right there what, what people think of the Mountaineers, the team that lost only by 11 last week to Texas. 10-point underdog at home to Iowa State. What are your thoughts here? Yeah, I'm looking at this game and saying, I said in, in our power rankings that it finally looked like Iowa State was back on track. I'm going to roll with that statement, back it up, double down, if you will and say that they do get the win and they do cover that 10-point spread. Yeah, 100%. Do you, do you know, just, I mean, probably giving away right now, do you know who the top passer yards-wise in the Big 12 is? I don't. Brock Purdy. I knew you were going to foreshadow it, but I didn't want to give yeah, away Yeah, yeah, Brock Purdy. Um, Iowa State, I, I think they win this game. I think they win it comfortably. I feel bad for Austin Kendall, but again, some of that is Austin Kendall's fault, you know. Um, but I, I think the Cyclones about a, about 10 I think that spread's right. They're, they're 10 points. I would take them. I'd take them to cover the spread. I, Even I think, if it rains? I don't care if it rains or if it pours or if it snows. I, I just, um, you know, <laughs> uh, I, I don't think it matters. Um, I, I don't think rain helps either one of these teams is what I'm saying. I, I don't think it helps West Virginia get better. It doesn't help Iowa State get better. Uh, I, I like the Cyclones in this game. Um, and I think it puts them back on track to be a player like we talked about in, in the Big 12. Okay, so that leads us to Oklahoma and Texas. Sooners and the Longhorns in the Cotton Bowl, 11 a.m. kickoff. Uh, my bookie has Oklahoma as a 10-point favorite. ESPN lists them at 10.5. My bookie has uh, the over/under at 75.5. ESPN at 76. Give me your thoughts on this game. Well, besides us breaking it down again, this is a game that is always entertaining, especially not. I'm not talking just about the environment, the setting. But the play on the field seems to go back and forth regardless of the personnel. The difference this year, though, is I believe that Texas has this mentality that Oklahoma may have engaged in just a couple of years ago. Now with this business mindset, I, I think, one, Oklahoma is the better team. But mentally, I think they're better prepared as well. Those are my thoughts. Do I need to get my score prediction? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Um, my score prediction, I do have Oklahoma covering that spread. I believe this is going to be a high-scoring affair. You said it was 70? 75 and a half on okay. my bookie, 76 on Okay, and I definitely think it gets there because I'm at 45-31 in favor of the Sooners. Yeah, and again, we continue to be close. And I, for all the reasons you said, I, I do love and appreciate the business-like mentality Oklahoma has brought into this uh, weekend. It's been a while since we've seen a team this focused. Um, I I think I think Oklahoma wins, but again I think Texas scores. These are the two best offenses in the Big 12 right now. 
the two best quarterbacks in the Big 12 right now. I've got Oklahoma 49, Texas 35. So we'll be back Saturday to uh, hopefully recap another Oklahoma win as the Sooners look to move to uh, 6-0 and uh, in, and hopefully Texas falls to 4-1. and <laughs> Or 4-2, and they're already 4-1. and um, And so Saturday afternoon we'll be back. Uh, enjoy your weekend of college football. Enjoy the game. Uh, horns down right now and Boomer Sooner.